Before we get started, we just want to let everyone know the 20 by 20 podcast is, you know, all inclusive. We have all types of opinions. You can like AEW or WWE. You can like the uh, Undertaker and AJ match or you could hate it. But the one thing we can all agree on is that Dino Bravo should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay, now I see. Now, now this is where I'm supposed to interrupt what? because oh. uh, that is a problem. That is a problem. <laughs> Pardon sir. the interruption. <laughs> Pardon the interruption. Wrong podcast. Jesus. Wow, freaking Dino Bravo, man! I don't know how this guy has had the longevity and 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 how people how anyone could look back and say Dino Bravo was great because he was not. It's crazy. Let's make that perfectly clear. It's crazy how many WrestleManias he was at. Like you would think it was one or two. It was like five. That's he had a long career. Then that's the end yeah, of his career. And you know what? Because of the time period when I started watching wrestling, I thought Dino Bravo was like one of the main bad guys because Earthquake was one oh, of the main yeah, bad for, guys for sure. So, so I thought like Dino Bravo was like a top guy. And boy, did I'm I'm glad I like understood wrestling and um, realized that that was not a case at all. He he bench pressed seven hundred and fifteen pounds. What more do you want? That's right. By the way. It's Gregory Iron talking, everybody. Oh, hey, we were gonna we were gonna get to that, but that's okay. We can uh, we can skip right ahead to that. Live from the Twenty by Twenty Studios, sponsored by Twenty by Twenty Apparel. This is the Twenty by Twenty podcast. I am Marmalade Foulweather, and here are your hosts, Peter and Chris. This is Peter, and I am here with the one and only Gregory Iron. What is going on, Greg? Yeah. Can I call you Greg, or, or are we being formal yeah. here? No, I, I prefer Greg. It's always weird when, like, a, like, I know the difference between, like, a fan and a friend when I'm at shows and stuff, or someone that, like, knows me, or even a fan that's been around a while, because they'll just call me Greg. When someone calls me Gregory, A it throws my brain off, even though that's my actual name, because no one calls me Gregory. And then I have to have like this one or two seconds where I go, why is someone calling me Gregory? And I'm like, oh, because that's what I named myself as a wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, so once that sinks in, then I realize like this person doesn't know me because just normal people just call me Greg. Oh, good. So, that's yeah. good to know. We always, I think we always default to Gregory because we thought that's what you wanted your uh, stage name, if you will, to be known. So we didn't want to, you know break that line, well you know, but. like i think when uh the, as much as i didn't know when i started i remember when i was coming up with the name gregory iron uh the mindset was with the gregory uh, i remember telling one of the guys that was helping me train he, he was a he was a senior guy that had been around a while um i don't know if you uh, ever saw him around because i don't think he ever left cleveland peter but um his name was casey blood he was like a big deal uh, on the cleveland independent wrestling scene but i don't think he did too much traveling but i just remember um Casey talking about me, like what my character would be or whatever. And, and obviously I told him I had cerebral palsy. And then I said, like, I think I'm just going to keep the name Gregory. Everyone calls me Greg, but I feel like if you're Gregory, that could be either a good guy <laughs> or a bad guy name, depending on, you know, what kind of individual you are, like personality wise. Right. Like I just Gregory could go either way, like uh, super underdog or like um, incredible dickhead Gregory. <laughs> like what, a, what, a, what, what an inspiring and an also <laughs> – piece of garbage name you know and it's uh it's different like you don't see a lot of gregory's or stevens or like 
full names. It kind of sets you apart. I would assume that's yeah, a yeah. Good thing. You really don't want it. I feel like it's one of those names where like you can get away with just calling me Greg. You know, I think that's and I think that's where the confusion comes in sometimes. I mean, I'd rather be called Gregory or Greg than irons which you know is <laughs> I very love, much incorrect yeah i love yeah. seeing anything on twitter or facebook where you're like hey thanks for the compliment but <laughs> singular yeah. not plural that's fantastic well, well the best ones are, are the ones where like someone will tag my account at gregory iron hey irons loved what you did in this match or whatever i'm like you just tag the account like i i don't understand how you're getting this wrong that's okay that's yeah Live and learn. Maybe your your WWE name will be, uh, you know, when you draw the two names out of the bucket to, to mash together, you'll get something that's a little easier. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> so uh, just to reiterate to anyone who doesn't know Greg, he is uh, our first two-time guest, which is a big deal. We had Whoa, you on last awesome. year at, when Old Wrestling was here. So yeah, first two-time and guest. And I had a great time. And... Um, you may be on our Hall of Fame ballot. That's a future episode. We're going to put together our 20 by 20 Hall of Fame, and you're making a case wow. for it. So, Wow, wow. I appreciate that. I, well, I always look forward to talking to you guys, and, uh, you know, I just – I don't do a lot of other podcasts, but if you're, if you're a good human and I see people doing good things, um, I like to make the time to – uh, I don't know, chime in and, and help out where I can. So it's, it's an honor to be a two-time guest on the show. <laughs> First two-time guest. Very, very good. Uh, and we, uh, we, we reciprocate that. Like, we notice that you are a very normal and approachable person, you know, and as most people are uh, on the independent scene. You know, we appreciate that you just talk to us and hang out like we're normal people, even though we're just, you know, just fans, just trying to hang out. And we appreciate yeah, you being well, normal dude. No, it's it's not a problem. I like being a normal dude. I mean, I think I, I think in a lot of ways I'm a very abnormal dude. I mean, I think that comes with being a wrestler. But I think at my core, I'm a normal guy. And sometimes I feel like you know, there, you go to enough wrestling shows to know that Peter. There are I, I love all fans because they are um, enabling me to continue to do this as my profession. Well, and then this is where the, you they, have to this is where you have to sell yourself and be like, I love everyone. <laughs> Yeah, don't, I don't bullshit me. Come on, I know where but, you're going. <laughs> but you know, there's there's some fans that you're just like. Sometimes it makes you question um, <laughs> why the hell you're doing this. So when I see someone with like um, uh, a fan with some personality or like some some actual um, God, what's the verbiage I want here? Right? I, I don't want to say respect for what we do, but like like some sort of like level of knowledge. To like what we go through and what we're putting ourselves through and appreciation, it makes me think like, okay, these are the people that make me continue to want to be a wrestler. Yeah. I want everyone to enjoy my wrestling on some level, but the ones that really appreciate it and when I get to interact with them, I'm like, okay, this is why I do this. And I and I look at you guys on that level and I remember what it's, it was like to be on the other side of the curtain and the other side <laughs> of the guardrail. And I'd like to think for the most part, I was a pretty normal-ish fan. So, um, and, and a, a large part of me is still a huge fan. I mean, I think to some level, all of us wrestlers are still fans. And that's the, the cool thing about what we do. Yeah, you touch on a lot of things there. Um, we've talked in the past about how just you being a fan is interesting, too. That I think some wrestlers think that it's not cool to be a fan anymore. But clearly, you are a fan. Like, you watch the current product. You talk about it. 
you're trying to push yourself off the phone line here so you can watch Dynamite, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you're, you're clearly a, 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 just a normal fan. You just happen to be on the other side of the, of the rail. Even like everybody wrestling, uh, local musicians, we always gravitate to the ones who are normal. Like you may say you're abnormal because, but to us, that's normal. You're just the normal dude. You have flaws. You're, you know, whatever, but you're just, you're a normal guy and you're not up above everyone. And it's, it's refreshing and everyone's cool. Like we haven't met many, uh, independent guys who aren't, but you're, uh, you're right on our list. You're, uh, you're a top fiver, as we would say. So, well, I appreciate that. Do you do you want to divulge uh, anyone who's been a piece of garbage to you? Um, so we've done you know a couple shows for old wrestling. We've been at Starcast, uh, so we've done a couple things on like the twenty by twenty level, and we're still fans. Like we still pay to get people's autographs at those things. Like so, we're on both sides of it. I've personally only ran into one person who was kind of, I like to think that he was having a bad day, so I don't want to totally hold it against them, but uh, this famous dick wrestler was not very pleased with talking to me that day, so. Oh, <laughs> what, 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 what was the impression you got from him? Um, so we were at StarCast, we had a table, he was like two tables away from us, super busy like he had one of the longest lines i actually paid to get an autograph with him and i'm like hey joey big fan oh i mean you know famous dick wrestler uh yeah got a picture autograph i'm like hey big fan da 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 and he just kind of didn't say anything he was just like oh all right and i'm like oh yeah whatever like he's got a big line he's got to run through it didn't want to buy him the whole time and he was kind of just sitting there towards the end and as he's wrapping up i'm like Hey, you know, like, I know you're busy, but like, if you got a couple minutes, can you just come talk to us for the podcast? Because we had a couple people just in and out. And he was just like, eh, I'm getting ready to go. And I'm like, that's why I'm asking you now, because I didn't want to interrupt you while you were making money. You know, like, I, yeah. we hate doing that, too. That's a whole nother thing that we've talked about. Like, we don't like going up to guys at intermission or before or after the show when you were trying to make money. We don't want to interrupt yeah. that. So I was trying to sure. give him his space and... Everyone else says that he's a super cool guy, so that's just, like, the worst interaction I've had, but he was probably just having a shitty day, so I'll, I'll yeah, give Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I've never had problems with Joey. Joey's always been uh, pretty good to me, and uh, he's given me a great opportunity with bar wrestling and stuff, and, and, you know, some of us guys, we just have our off days, and but you know what, too? And I find this problem with my podcast being someone like a little deeper in the business. You know, there's this stigma because anybody with a microphone can have a podcast oh, yeah. where like if someone comes at you and goes, want to be on my podcast, it's immediately almost like a yeah. like, oh, yeah, sure. Or well, so it's like so it sucks that like podcasts are such a cool medium uh, to learn stuff and gather information and, and a source of entertainment. But at the same time, we live in a world where, you know, if you have a, a, a laptop or a microphone, like it takes a couple clicks and you have your own podcast. Yeah, and so it's, like, it's yeah, so it's like, it's, it's an oversaturated market and uh, everyone does it. And that's why when I initially was launching my podcast, you know, I, I questioned whether I should even do it. Cause it's like, you know, a lot of people have said like you should do a podcast, but I'm like everybody has a podcast, so I try, I try to like take it with a different approach and like um, 
try to not like reinvent the wheel, but like at least make sure that the content that I was providing was something slightly different and amusing. And, and I don't know, like I, not again, not trying to reinvent the wheel, but I just wanted to make sure that my content was of value when I was putting it out there. And hopefully like through time and patience, I could let other wrestlers and fans understand like this isn't the same stuff that you're going to get from every other podcast. It's a pretty in-depth perspective on road stories and, and guests that maybe haven't got the opportunity to tell their stories as professional wrestlers and that sort of mumbo jumbo. And I even tried to do like segments and stuff, which I feel not a lot of wrestlers try to do. Before I lose it real quick, um, we'll get right back to that. We try to do the same thing. Like we, we're not as in depth as you are. Like we don't have the, I guess we can't go in depth with that many people like you do, but we try to be at least different. And I see other people going up, to wrestlers and being like so how'd you get started oh where are you from and it's like we can't you can't do that you have to set yourself away you know different somehow and i'm not saying we're the best ever but we try not to just be that like hey i don't know who you are but tell me about yourself like we try to limit ourselves to the certain people that we know well that will actually talk to us (laughs) but to the people that we can like jump right into a normal conversation about like we talked to RJ sitting and within two seconds, he's off talking about something else. Like we don't have to do the whole, Oh, you're from here. Where did you train? What's your finisher? Like we're not that type of thing. And you're clearly not that type of thing. And we didn't even touch upon it here. I'll have all the information in the notes, if you will. But Greg is the host of the iron on podcast, which you can find everywhere. Uh, iTunes and uh, Spotify and all that good stuff. Correct. Yes, You're yes, everywhere. available anywhere you download podcasts. We've talked about it on here before, and you have, I, you and I have talked about it, that all your, maybe what, a half a year in, so your 30 or so episodes? Uh, yeah, this, this today was uh, the 31st episode. So if anyone hasn't listened to Greg's podcast, I can give you a quick, uh, quick couple that you've got to listen to. Today dropped the one where your co-host Aaron Bauer interviewed you. Um, yeah. Last week you had a... WrestleMania recap, correct? Or early in the week? I'm losing track of days, but you had a WrestleMania recap. And then previous to that, you had a WrestleMania worst matches in history tournament, which was three episodes and phenomenal. I mean, got me through a couple days of quarantine. So that was, that was great. And then you go a little, little further back in the archive, you're four in a row where you had, like you were talking about, telling stories of people who haven't been out there before. You have Effie, Jervis Cottonbelly, uh, Mike McMahon, a.k.a. the N-word taker, and Dan (laughs) Housen. Like, four, those aren't even, even, like, spread out, like, hey, go find them. They are four back-to-back great, great interviews, and that's part of the reason (laughs) I think I've told you that I love you and your podcast, but I also hate your podcast because (laughs) as I listen to it, I'm like, these are the guys that we like. These are the things that we would talk about and you're doing it before and way better than we are. And I'm like, God damn it, Greg, like you're doing it. You're, you're being what I want to be, but it's good. I'm sorry. (laughs) Someone's got to do it. I, I can't physically do it, but all four of those yeah. were fantastic, and I think we've talked, Thank you. you know, in depth. They're not in depth, just a little bit about each of those, and they all have just a funny little quirk about them that makes it different than anyone else's. So, if so yeah, if you well, haven't been well, out there, if you haven't listened to Greg's podcast, 
those are the ones I would hit for sure. No, I, I thank you very much for saying all those kind words. And I, and I think like it helps too, that like, not only these are stories that haven't really gotten to be told on like, um, a, a larger platform, not to say that I have the largest platform, but like, it's also one of those things too, where I've always thought like on road trips, when I meet a new person or I have to travel with someone, I don't know that well, I'm pretty good with like bringing stories out of them or like bringing the best out of them. And so that's kind of the approach I try to take with these interviews. And, and, and I think it helps that um, I, I have had interactions with these guys in locker rooms and, and in a lot of ways, you know, I've seen these guys grow and so like some of the interviews that kind of um some of the first interviews that sort of fell under the radar that i feel like are important to go back and listen to as well are like kurt stalling and and cody lane and and on on another level uh dan housen because um these guys like i saw when they started and how far they've already come in just a couple years and like how the dedication and the hard work it's it's really a, a a prime example with guys like these because like um there's some guys that when they start wrestling they think that this is all just going to get handed to them and um Cody and Kurt specifically like they're in a league of guys where like they put in so many hours on the road to start getting the opportunities that that they've gotten and i mean like I'm talking ridiculous hours that I would have never even conceived to, to, to try to do. Like when I started, um, like uh, I think Kurt's longest drive was something like 26 hours, like without sleep. And uh, he wanted to cry, like driving from like, <laughs> I think like Florida to uh, a show in Chicago and then immediately to California to, to take part in the new Japan dojo. And it, he said he slept with something like 20 minutes and just, he, he wanted to die. Like, he didn't think he could make it. Like, how is he physically doing this? And he got through it. And Cody, he's put out in some of the sa- same amount of hours. But over the course of a couple years, like, those hours shaped up to equate to bigger opportunities as professional wrestlers. Like, they weren't sitting on their ass in their home state of Texas or um, I, th- I believe Cody's from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And they weren't just waiting for an opportunity to come to them. They said they, they were smart enough to realize that if they want to get eyes on them, they need to break out and they need to get out of their respective states. And that's something that I tell any young guy. It's like you can't just rest on being the biggest fish in the small pond of your respective city. Like, it's cool. It's cool if that's what you want, but if you want bigger things like WWE or AEW or, or ROH, you need to go out and get it. And Dan Housen was on the verge of quitting, and he didn't quit. Uh, well, he was going to quit, but he found out through the ability to not give a crap was <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? He, he was trying to be something that he thought a wrestler was supposed to be. Like he was being this like almost generic CM Punk for like five years in Detroit and in Florida. And uh, all of a sudden he's like, well, I, I think I'm done with this wrestling thing. Like, I- I'm not sure how to get over I'll do my last few shows and uh, I'm just going to have fun with what I'm doing. And he started doing stuff that popped himself, like painting his face and like just saying stupid stuff. And all of a sudden he made this connection because I think people can identify with something that's um, that if it's something that you love and it's something that makes you laugh or makes you happy or makes your friends laugh, like chances are it's going to translate to a crowd. And like, that's something that I feel like you've heard the top stars say a million times, but sometimes you don't make that connection with that saying until you make that connection between yourself and a crowd, if that makes sense. Yeah, and he's a perfect and, example of that. Like, I know uh, 
keep bringing him up, but RJ City hates saying that, you know, when someone tells him, oh, you're a really good uh, Twitter follow. It's like, but yeah. that's where you kind of, I don't want to say you get your fans, but how many times have I seen on there, especially with him and Dan Housen, like, hey, you're my favorite wrestler and I've never seen you wrestle because yeah. they just your personality is what draws you in. Like, we're, we always debate that too. Like, why do you like who you like? Is it the technical skill or the stories or the funny or just whatever it may be? But sometimes it's a, just a personality like that that draws you in and wrestling is more than seeing Dino Bravo every four months for one five-minute match. Now it's you're constantly following these guys and, oh, if they wrestle across the country, you can watch it live. Like, I can watch Japanese wrestling live on my phone at two in the morning. Like, that wasn't like that when I was a kid. Like, it's a whole new world. And, yeah, Dan Housen's a great example, like you said, of getting out. Yeah, he trained here, grew up here. I think he wrestled maybe five matches in Detroit. And he realized, yeah. like, I, I'm, I can't do this. Like, I have to go elsewhere. It's in the era of, like, the Punk and Cabanas got out of Chicago and Delirious and Seidel got out of St. Louis. Like, everyone had to leave to get bigger. And he knew that within yeah. two minutes. Like, he never wrestled. I still don't think he's wrestled XICW or any of the big local feds. He just up and out right away because he knew he had to go yeah. somewhere else. And, I mean, that's, yeah. that's smart. It's, it's, it's super smart. And, you know, you, you talk about like, uh, you know, identifying with the characters and stuff that like you've never seen wrestle. Um, I, I think that anyone that says like they just watch wrestling for the wrestling is kind of a liar. I mean, like, I don't want to I don't want to like uh, I mean, I'm sure there's people that exist that don't appreciate the pomp and circumstance that comes along with it. But like, I don't know if I would be a wrestling fan if it wasn't for the characters. Like, I don't I. I'm pretty confident I wouldn't watch wrestling if it wasn't for everything that wrestling was built around. You right. know what I mean? It's a, like it's I, a, I remember, We always say it's like a pie. It's a pie chart, but we always debate what the percentages are, like how much has to be comedy, how much has to be technical. Like I love watching old Brian Danielson matches, but like you're right. Yeah. That comes to a point where that stops. Even like Lance Storm before that, like it comes to a point where it stops, but their dry sense of humor brings like, oh shit, like that's kind of funny. Like that adds yeah. a character or a perspective to their character and you like them more and you like them differently and they can do other things. But yeah, you're right. It's never one or the other it's what percentage of that hundred percent do you dedicate to what you like or why you like that person so yeah and, and sometimes you don't even understand really why like a like a perfect example that i'm just trying to think off the top of my head like trying to think um how i thought as a child i would watch wrestlemania 8 a lot um it was one of my favorite pay-per-views and my favorite match to watch on that show was brett and and roddy um, for obvious reasons, it told a great story. It had a nice buildup. Uh, you know, their friendship, their cousins, uh, they, they grew up together and now they're going to have this battle, good guy versus good guy for the intercontinental title. And then, you know, you remember the bad guy persona that Piper once had, and he has to struggle with that towards the end of the match. They tell a great story, right? Mm-hmm. But there were so many times when I'd go to the main event of Hogan versus Sid and, but like, I, and we know that that is notoriously not a good match. Right. But as a kid, it was like, it was what you had. Yeah. That's what sold it. It's like, Oh my God, these two are great. Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But once that pay-per-view happened, I don't know how many times I really paid attention to anything that happened during that match outside of Hogan walking out to the ring 
And it always stood out to me and I would always watch it because I thought his entrance was so cool on that WrestleMania and the fact that Sid attacks him while his music is playing <laughs> and Hogan beats his ass while his music is playing in the background and then powders Sid to the floor and then he rips his shirt off and it's, it's like almost like the music couldn't come down and, until Hogan ripped his shirt off and posed. Right. And I, that always stood out to me because I would put in that tape specifically because also you couldn't have Hulk Hogan's song on a tape or like a, unless you had like the, um, the old wrestling album, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I didn't know where to get Hulk Hogan's music. So the best way to hear it for me almost in its entirety was on WrestleMania eight. And I thought it was cool <laughs> to hear that right. song while watching Hogan beat ass. <laughs> and then, and then the, the other part that sticks out about that is obviously the finish sucked and it was botched. We know that now as grown men, but to see the, the return of the ultimate warrior and to see ultimate warrior and Hogan celebrate in the ring together with the fireworks, knowing that two years later they battled each other for the title at WrestleMania. Like, I, th- like those are the parts that I put in that tape for. It wasn't for the match. It was for those characters and those moments that they created. And when you, I think when you look at wrestling in terms of that, like why do I like this person outside of what they do in the ring? Sometimes it's those intangibles that you just can't teach, like the walk, the music, the mm-hmm. posing. Like, like that, those are just as big, if not a bigger part of wrestling than anything that happens between the ropes. I, I agree. It's funny when you're saying that, that even as a kid, you don't know you're following the story, but you really are. Like you, you care about, you know, Earthquake squishing Damien and what's going to happen after that. Like, it's oh, not yeah. the match. It's it, You're following the story, even though you don't. You don't pick up on it as a kid, so that's yeah, that's interesting. That's a, a good observation. That I don't know. It's one of those things I think you realize, but until you put into words or you talk about it with someone, you don't you don't fully capture that the story is there and everyone follows it. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of subconscious things that we do as wrestling fans that, like, before we started to get smart into it, we don't catch on to why we like something specifically, or even like you know before botches were such a prevalent thing like even if it wasn't like a flat out botch and it was just kind of a miscue i think like as fans before we get smart we don't know for sure that something's wrong but there's something subconscious in our brain that tells us that wasn't exactly right i don't know if that makes (laughs) sense you know yeah it's you'd almost have to go back and watch and i think we all go back and watch enough um, I can't, yeah. yeah, I can't remember anything when I was a kid that I knew like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen or, oh, that person, you know, missed a move. Uh, I, I yeah. can't, short of that, the WrestleMania ending, which I don't remember if I realized at the time, but in retrospect, I don't know. That's uh yeah. Well, if you, if you, if you go back and look at that, I mean, it's like, it's, oh, it's so bad. apparent now, <laughs> yeah. but I, I didn't realize that if you, like, if you look at how the finish goes down, like it's, it's Hogan hits the leg. Sid kicks out, which was unheard of at the time. Oh, yeah. And then the DQ comes by not anything, not any chicanery from Papa Shango, because we all know now he missed his cue. <laughs> but there. like Harvey Whippleman pops up on the apron, like gets in the ring. And then like the ref just rings the bell. <laughs> like nothing, nothing happened. Like it was such a shitty finish. Yeah. Well, so. they can't all be, you know, uh, Dino Bravo and Hercules. That's- Oh my God, Dino Bravo in Texas Tornado, man. There's like a there's like a phantom elbow that Dino drops during the the three minute match they have on WrestleMania Seven. That's just so awful. Like, oh my God, are you gonna Dino feel Bravo? Are you gonna feel worse about all this next week when you watch the Dark Side of the Ring about Dino Bravo? 
<laughs> no, I, I don't think so. But I am. That, that's been the episode that I'm, uh, ironically, the most intrigued about because that story wasn't something that I realized about Dino um, being shot until like, you know, maybe 15 years ago when, when, you know, we get better access to the internet. And I remember like just trying to look stuff up. Uh, it was probably a little bit before I became a wrestler and like, you know, whatever happened to Dino Bravo, I think he died. And then you find out how he died. And then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and so like, and there's not a lot of, um, I'm curious to see who they interviewed for it because the only interview that I've seen even come close to touching what exactly happened was there's like a Rick Martell shoot interview um, on YouTube that I've watched clips of. And other than that, uh, I don't know of too many people that have like really spoken on it or, or like who would even be like that close to Dino that would know like how deep he was within the mafia or whatever yeah. the hell he was doing. So, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week's dark side of the ring. You know, that, that's a good series and that's a good point. I don't know who they're going to interview, but I've always kind of had a weird fascination with Dino. S- same as you. Like I thought like, Oh yeah, I know he died. But like when I was a kid, I think like him, Adonis, a bunch of people kind of died in a row. And I think I always just, lumped it together in my head and then yeah. yeah like years ago i'm like what he was like smuggling cigarettes what like how did that happen yeah. like, so that's yeah. gonna be an interesting one um this brings up as we go to another segment we always talk about what we're watching recently and definitely dark side of the ring is something that i think we've all been watching um another thing that i popped on that i think you have watched and talked about on the network great show covering uh, a part of history that everyone loves it, uh, the show is called untold and it goes over the great match of dennis rodman and carl malone have you watched this <laughs> yeah i just i watched that one uh, a couple weeks ago when it came out and then i just watched the uh the untold on HBK and Kurt Angle. Oh, then who which, cares um, about that one? We want to talk about Rodzilla oh. and Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone and, <laughs> and DDP and Hogan. All right, <laughs> fair. Fantastic. Like, I'm kind of disappointed that they made Rodman look to be kind of shitty. Like, that's probably because how it, that's true to life. But, uh, like, everyone just yeah. had super input and, oh, everyone was great, da-da-da, and they just all kind of shit on Rodman. I, as a Detroit boy, I kind of didn't like that. I want to see a little little more respect for Dennis. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised he didn't go on to do more in uh, wrestling, to be honest. I mean, I think the only thing he did after WCW, what, what you know what I was disappointed before I go into that, like, uh, on the Untold documentary, they make no mention about his match with Macho Man at, um, I think it was Hog Wild 90, or Road Wild 99. Do you remember that match? Hmm. Now that you say it, I, vaguely, but yeah, I wouldn't have wouldn't have picked up on that. They, they like like they they act like he only had like those the two, two matches, matches, but he randomly had a match with uh, Macho Man at Road Wild '99, where like they fought into a porter potty, and like it was like really <laughs> stupid and and shitty, but like no one ever talks about that, and so like I was kind of mad that they just kind of like brush that one off. Like yeah, he had that match at Bash to the Beach '97, and he had the match at Bash to the Beach '98, but like. He definitely had one more match in '99 hmm. that they didn't even touch on. So, yeah, I'm gonna fun have fact to for you: dig back in the uh, old archives and watch that. I know uh, our buddy Chris is going through and watching every Thunder and Nitro and pay per view in order, and uh, oh, God. I think he's right around this DDP and uh, Malone and, and that era. So, I'm sure he'll he'll get to Rodman coming back, and we'll get a. A recap on what he thinks of it. And of course, yeah, we all watched the Angle and HBK one. I know you were talking about it, and 
uh, Johnny Gargano was big on that one, and uh, no, that was a good yeah. one too. I just, I don't know. I, I watched the Rodzilla one right after it. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to watch this one too. So <laughs> they killed yeah, another yeah, twenty. Yeah, well, like, I, I just, I appreciated the HBK Kurt Angle one because I feel like, and and um, I don't know, maybe it's because they've they've done just about everything they can do with the Attitude Era now, but like, um, I feel like that's been a match for a long time that just gets glossed over because. Kurt Angle went to TNA, so like no one ever really talked about how good Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle was at 21, and like there's stuff in that match that um, I steal all the time um, <laughs> as as a performer. Like like especially like um, that the the cutoff of the match is Angle and and Shawn are on the outside, and uh, Angle just picks up Shawn and like cracks his back into the ring post, mm-hmm. and then like. And so, like, all the time as a wrestler, as long as a guy doesn't drop me on my side, which every time I call that spot, nine times out of ten, the guy just shoot drops me on my side, which is worse <laughs> than my back hitting the post. Um, it's such an easy story to tell, like, the story of, like, getting your back work, but it worked so much better in that match. And they talked about it on the episode of Untold that, like, it's such an easy story. Everyone knows that Sean was gone for four years with his with his messed up back. And so for them to do that spot in the way they did and then tell that story of, like, you know, is his back messed up again? It's like it's like that element of realism that gets you a little bit more invested in the match. And um, I'm just glad that they took the time to to uh, cover it. And it's it's funny that Johnny was a part of it because he told me himself that um, you know I I already knew that that was like his dream match as a mm-hmm. teenager, and um, they didn't know that when they were going to film the documentary, it just so happened just that they randomly pulled Johnny aside. Yeah, what if they picked they just him? Randomly picked yeah, what him. if it was about some shitty match that he didn't care about? He'd been like, oh, I gotta go rewatch that? Like, that's... I, yeah. Do they, like, tape, like, four different people and then just pick the best one or two? Like, I don't know. They I, I, interview Braun Strowman and he's like, fuck, I don't know. I didn't watch this shit. Like, you know, like, where does that, like... Yeah. That's, that's great that they do it like that. Yeah, it, it literally, he said, like, they just interviewed him, Michael Cole... Shawn Michaels, like, I guess, like, one of the production guys were just like, hey, we're going to do this untold thing. Like, do you want to talk about, like, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, secretly, that's, like, one of his all-time favorite matches. So it just it just sort of worked out. And it was, it was like, really cool. And it's it never stops being surreal, like, seeing my, my best friend, like, just on WWE, like, wrestling or, like, on a documentary and, like, just talking about things that we talk about all the time. Like, it's, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> you know, that, that's very cool. Like, that's, I think that's documented. But if anyone didn't know that you two came up together in the business and are still obviously good friends, so it is, it's cool to see him uh, do his thing in uh, the big time. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people are surprised when they find out we're friends because for a long time, because when we were younger, we feuded with each other and we wanted to keep like some sort of realism. So, like, we never told people that, like, we lived together and like we never told people that we were actually friends for the most part um we, we would travel to shows together obviously but just not a lot of people knew that like like how tight we were so now like in in more recent years like when we talk about it people are like wait what yeah. <laughs> it's really confusing for people but now you that know. you're out there sitting front row at takeover and all that you know big time and everybody I see you out that, there. That, hey, hey, I wasn't big time <laughs> anyone, all right? Like, I, I, again, that's one of those moments where, like, if you tell 13-year-old Greg that, like, he's going to be, one day he's going to be sitting in the front row uh, on a WWE pay-per-view watching uh, a, another wrestler who has become his best friend 
win like one of the major championships and uh like you're one of like four people that he's going to select to be in that front row mm-hmm. and watch him like uh i'd be like no that's what that's ridiculous <laughs> and uh to, to like share that moment on pay-per-view with him where like i hug him like on tv it's 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 uh it's weird, man. It's, it'll never stop being weird. Yeah, every time they show a clip of that, I always say, like, oh, is that Greg right there? Oh, oh I see him real quick. There he is. Yep. Yeah. You're living in infamy. Yeah. You're like a, a sign in the background of a, the beginning of Raw where you're like, oh, Austin hits the ropes. Oh, there it is. Like, you're, you're yep. in infamy for, for eternity on the network. So, congratulations. Johnny's friend. <laughs> Thank you. So, as I'm going through my uh, my bullet points here, we've got a couple other things that we can – just blow through um, so you can get back to your uh, AEW watching because I know that's it's burning a hole in you because you want to see if Rusev is coming out on a tank tonight, right? I mean, oh, did, God. did Tony Khan Bro- do He got the tank. He's like, get down uh, here. Okay. We're going we're gonna to blow you right through here. Um, I, I got all the time in the world. <laughs> and to touch on that real quick, like we don't have to harp on it, but as we're taping this today, um, is April 15th, so it is tax day. That's IRS day. Yeah. Little did I know it when is. I was posting pictures of Erwin R. Scheister that he would be one of the 20 people that was laid off by WWE today. Uh, so th- what a sad situation. Th- so, that, like, yeah, that it sucks, obviously. And, I mean, oh, this could be a whole other conversation, but you don't have to say it because your fans are on there, but sometimes the wrestling Twitter and just everything online just kills me. Like, I can't deal with people's attitudes and oh this person should have gotten fired oh this person saw it was like i'm done like i I can't read all that like it sucks for all these people um on another level i work in human resources and we had to lay off a hundred people in the last couple weeks so like even last year we laid off a bunch of people and it kills me like it sucks so to see this i know obviously Rusev and Zack Ryder are better off than someone who's making minimum wage that we have to lay off. Like, but it still sucks that they're losing their jobs. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's there were some layoffs today that weren't necessarily a surprise, but like, I don't think anybody should be on the internet wishing ill will. And um, you know, again, wrestling Twitter could be the best thing sometimes because wrestling fans are so incredible and sometimes it could be the absolute worst and sometimes uh even with the wrestlers themselves like some of the things they're doing on twitter like i'm like i don't get it and i don't understand the payoff like i I don't care to touch on this right now like a couple nights ago um the hashtag wrestling twitter after dark was trending i made i made a joke about but i'm not like going out there like who is the guy who literally wrote an article about it and like screen captured people's pictures and i'm like jesus christ yeah well well like i mean like i i was trying to think like of the proper words to like put on a twitter and i said i just kind of quote tweeted a couple things because i i didn't know what to say without being a complete ass about it but like I, I mean i i think i think josh alexander had the best tweet he tweeted something of like you know sometimes i think to myself uh um if eddie guerrero were alive would eddie guerrero put post a uh, uh a picture of him, uh, him in the mirror with a half chub uh hell no you know what i mean and yeah. like like that's how i felt about it like can you imagine like if this wouldn't have been independent wrestlers like the the story that would have been if like um the whole WWE roster last night had like hashtag WWE after dark and like WWE wrestlers were just posting their boner <laughs> on social media. Like, like, uh, like, I mean, like I'm all for like a good joke or having fun, but I'm like, there's some things that are just like, 
guys, maybe we're being a little too unprofessional here. Like, I, and and like, like I mean, it was unbelievable, and and sort of, it made me sort of embarrassed to be a wrestler. Like, uh, everybody wants to be accepting and like not don't let's not be judgmental, but like we have to draw a line somewhere. Like, maybe we we don't post our actual boners on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's a quote to end that segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Uh, you know, just the layoffs today that sucked. And, um, like, I, yeah, I know yeah, this that, is, like, about. everyone's talking about it, but just real quick, like, if all those guys hit the independent scene, is there any one that you could think of off the top of your head that you'd be like, man, I could have a, a match or a series of matches with them? And- oh, boy. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that I feel like it's going to be um, exciting that they're going to be on the indies, or so, some of them for the first time. Yeah, they're um, all great. I, like, you can, as a fan, you can joke that, like, oh, they're the bottom of the barrel of that talent. And I can go off on that, too, that, like, WWE kind of hoards talent. And now it's showing because they can let go so many people that are so good. Like, you can think that Heath Slater and Ryder and Hawkins and uh, other people to an extent, like, eh, they're the worst that they have. But you put any of those on any other show, whether it's NWA, MLW, ROH, like, that's going to be good. Like, those guys are going to be the cream of the crop. So I hope that they. And not only that, there's going to be like. What's going to make the difference is like you're going to see the guys and I'm not saying that they they didn't enjoy their time in WWE, but like you're going to see them doing things that they enjoy doing because, you know, when you leave the realm of WWE and for it, it depends on who you are, but you don't necessarily have the most creative input when it comes to certain things you're doing. And I think that some of those guys that um, have gotten that creative outlet taken away that have had other experiences on the indies or in TNA, like guys like, for example, EC3 oh, or Drake one. Maverick. Yep. He's, he's, he's great. Like when they, when they come back to the Indies, like they're going to get to do stuff that they, they have fun doing again. And they're, they're going to have say so in what they do. And I think that's very important because what you find is for a lot of guys, it's really cool to make a lot of money for a little bit, but there comes a point with, I don't care who you are. And I've known enough people there that like, there's something um, in you that, sort of dies a little bit when it's like you can have all the money in the world but like if you're not if you're not like having that creative input or like doing something that is artistically fulfilling which is like a super important aspect of this gig if you don't look at it as just a job and a paycheck then like it's kind of soul-sucking and so for those guys like some of these guys again i'm upset that they're being released but i think like their spirit is going to be revived when they get to the indie so like seeing like the guys that I mentioned come back is going to be great. Like Eric young was always like a guy that was like, like a workhorse. Like when he was coming up in Canada, he was a guy that a lot of the Canadian dudes looked at. Like, this is like the Canadian Shawn Michaels, (laughs) which is like, it's, it's, it's like seriously. And it's, it's weird to think like, that's how he was perceived coming up on the Indies in Canada and like how he was looked at at indie shows and like to see like what he's doing in WWE. Like, he's on another level and like, he's not being used to his full potential. And like, you know, Sarah Logan was on the Indies for a while and like, she knows what's up. And I think like guys like, um, like who else was released? Uh, Uh, like Carl Anderson, Luke Gals know the deal. So like they're, you know, they'll be fine. I think Rusev on the Indies is going to be incredible. Uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, like either separate or as a unit on the Indies. 
holy crap. Yeah. Like, there'll be some magical things happening. And I think a lot of these guys, like, it sucks today because, you know, you're losing your dream job. But, like, it's not the end of the world for them. Like, I think they're going to be okay. It's just going to be a um, – for some, it's going to be a, an adjustment, you know? If it was a normal day in a normal world, yeah, like I joked about it, but, like, Rusev would be coming out on a tank live – on AEW. Yeah. But like, it, yeah. it, I think it just more sucks now because none of those guys are, and that's what I kind of thought sucked about the revival the other day <laughs> that like, oh, you granted their release the day that they can't go anywhere else. Like, they literally can't sign anywhere. So you're, you're giving them what they want, but you're kind of fucking them. Like, and that's kind of shitty. I think that's what's shitty about this, that all those guys are now jobless like they can't just go yeah. to nwa or ring of honor or any or new japan tomorrow like they may have to wait three months six months 18 months like we don't know and we didn't get into the whole yeah. quarantine and, and like we can talk about that at the very end but uh yeah th- th- i think that's what i don't know bothers me on a personal level that kind of sounds shitty but uh yeah i just I, I wish they could do their wares quicker you know see someone pop up on a gcw or i don't know any of those guys from Ohio? Yeah. You think maybe they have a place in a certain uh, Ohio-based faction there in a certain fed? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, Carl Anderson. Three is a, uh, Carl Anderson's boy. a Cincinnati boy. I don't know. He's a Cincinnati boy. Yeah, he's. Uh, we could uh, potentially make some things happen. Who knows? Who knows what's in the future? You know. <laughs> so, uh, just jumping to that real quick again with the quarantine. You had so many shows lined up, especially in this area. Um, you got to come here for the, the uh, Sanctuary Pro. Like, that was a great yeah. show. But then, like, the two awesome. the two weeks after that, you had the Cleveland-based GCW. You had a show here. You had the, the Horror Slam beforehand. You had old wrestling. It was just a ton of Detroit and local Midwest shows that got canceled, which sucks obviously but it was for everyone yeah. and and the one that i was kind of looking forward to was that gcw show in cleveland hopefully that gets redone in some form or fashion but i mean does the momentum that does that like i don't want to say screw with your head but like do you feel like you lost momentum on what could have been a monumental show like that that is totally different than anything they've ever done or are you confident that you can pick that right back up when you get back into things at first, I, I I was um disappointed and frustrated, and I I do feel that like not only did four four zero have a lot of momentum as a group, but I feel like I've had some momentum as an individual, and I had some things in the works that um you know uh, some some things on perhaps maybe a bigger scale that I was getting ready to do, and uh, now I feel like with the state of the industry, that might not be in the cards at least anytime soon. So like um <clears throat> it was frustrating, but. You know, I was just having this conversation with Ricky Shane Page, and uh, I think a lot of wrestlers on social media are freaking out because they don't know what to do, and they and they're they're afraid that they're going to lose their momentum. And they're out uh, there showing their dicks. Out, and, I mean, come on, they're out there showing their dicks, like desperate <laughs> for likes, and like it's very sad. But like, here's the thing: these guys need to stop for two seconds and think, like, "Hey, man." The world is on pause right now. Yeah, and um, it's not like you know, uh, I'm not to interrupt, but like you were saying with no. your personal growth, it's not like you got hurt and you're sitting back for 12 months and watching everyone else evolve. Everyone's really on the same level of shittiness. So not that that's any better, yeah. but like with with your guys. You would just need one GCW show for Ricky to come in and whoop the fuck out of uh, Nick Gage, and you guys would be right back to where you were. So, like, exactly. the, the like, momentum like, is, is 
the same for everyone. Yeah, so it's like like so I'm I'm not gonna name names, but a certain professional wrestler recently said like, you know, when this whole uh thing starts back up again, because you guys aren't posting content nonstop, like no one's gonna care about four four oh. Oh jeez. And uh I, and, and I and I and I said here's the comparison I made. You know, there was a lot of people very emotionally invested in that storyline. I mean we almost we almost created a riot in uh in New Jersey, right. okay? Which is something I, mean, I wanna talk about next. Like that's great. So Yeah. And so like like that's unheard of type heat. And like my comparison to them was, you know, a new Ghostbusters movie is supposed to come out in June, right? And obviously we're not gonna be allowed to go see it in a theater. And if they don't put that on a streaming service and release it right away, um, come December, I'm not gonna have someone go, Hey, remember in June where they were supposed to release a Ghostbusters movie? And I'm gonna go Oh yeah, I forgot that was going to happen. I'm going to want to see Ghostbusters more, and I'm going to be kind of irritated that I haven't got to see it. And I'm going to question, and I'm be like, "Hey, when the heck am I going to get to see Ghostbusters?" And I think there's fans clamoring for the same stuff, like not just with four four zero, but like characters that they're invested in and stories that they're invested in. They're not just going like, "Oh well, uh, I'm just going to forget about that now." If they're not going to post a video every five seconds or post their boner on the <laughs> internet, uh, you know, like they're, I, I think. Uh, I think people are going to be more invested than ever because like, you know, you talk about the long build and like making someone wait for something. We have no choice because of the state of the world. And like people have to wait for the conclusion of these stories. They're not just going to forget about them. And so like, I don't know, that's kind of my state of mind. It's like, I think everyone just needs to calm down a little bit and just um, sometimes, um, and I've been trying to figure out the perfect way to phrase this, but like, I think a lot of people are changing or waiting for, for the world to, go back to the way it was like they want things to to go back to uh the state that they're used to right but sometimes i think that things change not because um the world needs to change but i think that like maybe we have to reevaluate ourselves and something within ourselves needs needs to change mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying no, like, I, I think I we have you. to really examine yeah. what is important to us and that's uh i think that's that's good that's gonna hopefully that'll all I don't want to say works out, but yeah, that's all going to tie together and everything will push forward. And we're not a political yeah. podcast, but we're uh, everything wrestling and life in general will push on and it will get better. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, 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 again, like circumstances aren't always meant to change. And sometimes, sometimes we need to change. That's right. what, that's what it comes down to. So we were talking about your uh, real heat over there in the Jersey show for GCW, which if someone hasn't seen yet, it's phenomenal. It's something that hasn't been seen in 20 years in wrestling, especially in the independent scene. Like I, you would agree, uh, not just because you were a part of it, but just the, uh, the amount of heat and trash in the ring and people talking about that scene was, was insane. It's like nothing that's been around, and I uh, yeah. believe that will get picked up again. Like I said, like as soon as as soon as you guys get back in the ring, that's going to get reignited. One hundred percent. And you were talking on your as my bullet points here are winding down. Like I'm pulling some bits that we do, and then some bits from your podcast. Um, yeah. A couple ago, you were talking about real heat like that, and it made me think of two real heat situations that we've seen locally. One. Uh, <laughs> Your uh, co-host, Aaron Bauer, touched on one of these guys in an earlier podcast of yours. Um, we had a show here in 2001. It was, uh, are you familiar with Brian Gorey, referee from Detroit? Yeah. Um, so he ran his own show. It was ACW. They had a six-man tournament for the title. Uh, it was like 
cabana punk suicide kid and adam pierce was in it and <laughs> he proceeded to you know baby face everyone <laughs> he got shitty with my friend who tried to throw a headbutt at him which is ridiculous in retrospect and okay. at the time we're like oh man pierce flinched da 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 we got the tape later pierce did not flinch he saw it the whole way and then punked my boy out and pushed him in his seat and uh proceeded to go down the aisle and push local fan joey bag of donuts right <laughs> through a whole row of chairs and it's oh, like, no. and they had a whole thing where like the cops arrested him and my boy was all in his face and it's like I can't believe as much as we talk about wrestling that you got, I don't want to, that, that sounds like a bad thing, but like you got that invested that like you would th- try to throw a headbutt at him and then laugh at him when you thought that he was getting arrested. Like he got really deep into it. Like that was Pierce got legitimate heat in the snap of a finger at that show. And yeah, like, Pierce is really wow. good. I mean, talk about someone who's underrated and glad that he has oh, the job yeah. that he does, but God, he was good. Yeah. He was doing his thing it- back then. He, he was incredible. I, I got the opportunity to uh, wrestle him uh, maybe a year before he got signed to WWE. And uh, it was in like a four-way match or something. But like it was just like an honor and privilege because, I mean, he's done so much and he's got a great mind for wrestling. And so just to get the opportunity to work with him was like super cool. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. And then uh, another real heat story that's going to translate into so – yeah, I like to uh, – to go from one thing to another. It's a, it's a smooth transition over here because we're professional podcasters. Not professional Absolutely. talkers. So we can't speak. I can't speak for shit, but I can try to outline something. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> another show, and you've been up here for XICW. That was a couple of years ago. They ran, and I like XICW, but they ran some like ECW versus us war. Yeah. ECW invaded the ring. I don't think they told security. Security legitimately thought that there was a riot going on. I went outside with my friend who wrestled on the show. We saw uh, Jamie Cox, local wrestler, coming out around a corner and a cop coming around the other corner. Cop pulled his gun on Jamie Cox. And me and my buddy were like, ooh, um, that's not part of the show because we're the only no. two people in the parking lot who can see that. We're going to walk back inside. So legitimate riot over ECW versus XICW, which I, I can't believe. But Holy shit. my friend, this is where it ties in. My friend who wrestled on that show, beautiful Bobby Shields. In your podcast, I keep you always reference the six-man tag that you had where you got put in with Marion Fontaine against yeah. beautiful Bob and his partner as a sex appeal, I think was his, uh, his tag team name. Um, so many stories yeah. that you've alluded to about that match. We've known Bob since before he was a wrestler. Like I went to one of his training sessions with him. I want to say it was for, it was in Allentown and we always joked like, are you training with the wild Samoans? Like what's going on here? Um, yeah. but, but he got trained by HC Loke, uh, um, Dunn and Marcos, like a bunch of guys out there. But it's funny that now, years later, I see that your paths crossed when you were in that Fed in Ohio. Um, do you have oh, any? Yeah. I mean, you could bury him if you want to, but do you have any oh. uh, Bobby Shields stories? Yeah, no, I, I worked a lot with uh, Bobby Shields, and actually, like, uh, I feel like I'm. I've uh, we don't talk as much as I would like to, but uh, 
I feel like we became closer friends after PWO and Prime Wrestling. He was he was a guy that I met him while working in Pittsburgh, and eventually he started uh, doing some matches for Pro Wrestling Ohio. And eventually, um, the thing with Bobby, which I thought was funny, was every week on the show he would add like another nickname to his name. <laughs> so it was like Beautiful Bobby Shields, and it would be like Beautiful Bobby the Body Shields, and like it was just like an unspoken ridiculous thing where he would just keep adding more and more nicknames and eventually um guy by the name of bobby beverly turned heel and he was like doing kind of like a gyration thing and then originally the stable of sex appeal which i believe was a name that bobby himself came up with uh bobby shields that is was supposed to be in that six-man tag match originally it was supposed to be me fontaine and um one of Wally's elite, which I talk about on the podcast, uh, Naj the Wild Samoan, while managed by Oscar from Man on the Mission for no yeah. goddamn reason, which is a story in itself, versus uh, Bobby, Bobby, and Caleb Conley. However, Caleb Conley uh, sent in a video that we aired on the television show where he called maybe me or the fans of Cleveland retards and and so what happened was um a mother of a developmentally disabled child ended up writing into sports time ohio and uh it became an issue and so caleb conley was taken out of the match and so the day of the show they needed a, a, a suitable replacement so there was a local guy by the name of nikki valentino which worked out perfectly because Nikki was like sort of a, he was like, he was basically the small, mildly attractive guy who could, who could take all the bumps and, and get his ass kicked for Bobby and Bobby. And so it, it worked out perfect. And so we did that match at that particular show, which was uh, called resolution two. Mm-hmm. And then um, we sort of had a feud throughout the whole year. It was me and Hobo Joe versus uh, sex appeal. And it culminated in one of my favorite matches. Um, we did the next year resolution three for the tag team championships against sex appeal, where we wrestled in a, um, a no disqualification match and uh, Bobby Shields got some color and uh, I got, I got a little bit of color and uh, Bobby Beverly got a little bit of color. And uh, we had a really fun match that ended with um, we did some thumbtack spots and uh, some chair stuff. And it ended with Zach Gowan making a surprise appearance and moonsaulting onto, I believe it was either Bobby Beverly or Bobby Shields. And uh, in the end, we ended up curb stomping Bobby Beverly and uh, winning the belts from Bobby and Bobby. And so uh, it's one of those matches that like, I look back on and like for the time I had only been wrestling, like just barely four years. Like it was a really good match. And uh, you know, Bobby Shields played a big role in making that match as good as it was. And uh, I always felt like Bobby was super underrated and uh after PWO, he man, he got really into bodybuilding mm-hmm. and like got in like yep. tremendous condition. And uh, I don't know, I'm just really proud to see the stuff that he's done and, and how well he's doing for himself. Yeah, when we met Bob, he was he had to be like 120 pounds, soaking wet, so skinny. And to see that, like, it was years ago now, but when he's like, man, I hit. 160 or 180 or 200 or whatever he is. I'm like, God, Bob, you're jacked. Like he got yeah. real big. And, and then yeah. he like leaned out. Like he's just, he's in super good shape. And I forgot all about the, the, uh, bodybuilding oh, yeah. that he did for a couple of years, but he might still be dabbling in it, but he's definitely powerlifting. And I don't know if he's wrestling as much now, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's in retrospect. I wish I knew how close 
PWO was, or I would have gone and seen him all the time. But I always just thought, yeah. oh, that's super far away. But it's really not. Like, for as good of friends as I've been with Bob for 20 years, like, I should have gone out there more often and seen him. So that's a little regret yeah. on my part. And fairly recently, I he was going to come out here on the weekend of old wrestling in Detroit. And I'm like, you know that there's a show here, like, and you know these guys. Why don't you just pop in? And he's like, oh, no, I got something going on. Which he did. Like, him and his girlfriend were going to be here. And it's like... I don't know, just worlds crossing that you wouldn't think in, in back then yeah. that that would happen. But no, I, I think I touched base with him and I've talked to him a lot more in the past couple months than I have in a really long time. And we've always been friends with Bob, so he's, he's a good dude. And you know, even just looking over his, not his Wikipedia, but like his cage match, whatever that website is where you see your history. Yeah. Yeah, the, the matches, he just went from local, local, local to, oh, now he's wrestling Ring of Honor and he's wrestling all the biggest guys. And uh, I wish, yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but he wrestled, is it the ECWA, the Super 8, which used to be like the biggest tournament. And I remember yeah. getting it, like the iPapers, like the first iPaper-view I ever got. I'm like, oh, Bob's on this. This is cool. In retrospect, if everyone on his year, I think it was him, Austin Aries, Ciampa, uh, O'Reilly, uh, Adam Cole. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I can't oh believe that Bob was in that year, you know? Um, yeah. But he was it's like a who's who. Yeah. Like he was, he was doing his thing. Then he got squashed by Ryback and it was all over. Wow. No, we love Bob. So I just, I always saw that you guys had a connection and I always wanted to, uh, bring it up to you to see if you had any good stories about beautiful bob um yeah love to work with them yeah no that's good um a couple other quick ones before we let you go here if you don't mind um not at all you have your uh, famous little well i don't know if it's famous but your little segment of f mary kill or kiss mary kill as i've seen <laughs> yeah um, i got yeah. one for you if you would like to dive in let's do it so we are talking <laughs> well you can go two ways with this i'll let you choose how you're gonna do it your three choices are Chad's Bistro in Rochester, Michigan, Grill em, okay. Grill em All in Los Angeles, and Melt of Cleveland. If you want to talk oh your sandwiches God. or if you want to talk the people behind each one. So oh obviously, if, pe <laughs> if people don't know, Chad's Bistro is a local restaurant here that has the Iron Man sandwich named after Greg. Grill em All LA is a I don't even know what to describe it as. Me and my buddy Nick went out there a couple months ago now because I was out there for work, and it's like a heavy metal wrestling bar, uh, great burgers, yeah. and the, the owner of that won the great food truck race, right? Is that where he was famous from? Yes. Um, yes. And then Melt is obviously just a great grilled cheese place in Cleveland that you can't beat. I assume you're a fan unless you're – is that like a too touristy or are you not, you're not allowed uh, to no, like it? I no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I I love Melt. Uh, I haven't I actually haven't been there in a little bit. There was a a uh, little bit of a run there for a little bit where I was going I, I was going on my way at least once a month with my with with Aaron. Uh, just like hey, we got to have our Melt date before the podcast started up, and uh, then we started podcasting, and then we stopped kind of doing the Melt date. And uh, I haven't had it too much since then, but I I do love me some Melt, especially knowing like how hard it was to just get in that building when it first opened, mm -hmm. like there would be, especially after it was on uh, man versus food, I believe it was uh, like, it was, 
line out the door, it would be like a three or four hour wait just to get in the restaurant. So like, I really appreciate the service and the fact that I could just walk in and get served now. So <laughs> and I think um, I've been to two, they have like four locations, right? They have a handful. Correct. I think I've yeah. been to two different ones. Um, yeah. And if everything gets normal in the world and you guys are having melt dates, then tell us, well, I'll drive right down there and get a melt sandwich. You know, we know when I was on Bumble and Tinder, I, uh, I had a routine that I did at melt. That oh. I'd like to tell you about. Do tell. Um, so uh, what it would be was uh, I happened to realize that uh, one of the one of the managers at one of the melts was uh, a a manager, uh, and and so and he was he was a wrestling fan, and uh, he would come to the AIW shows, and so he told me one time, hey, if you ever need a hookup, um, you know, just let me know, and so. All of a sudden, I'm on Bumble and Tinder, and I'm a single man again. And I, I thought to myself, hmm. And so I set up this bit with him. And so I would make sure that he was in the store when I, and I, I'd match with a Bumble on, let's say, uh, I, with a with a Bumble girl, and I'd say, oh, we should go to this melt. And so I would let the guy know in advance that I was going to be there. And so what would happen is, uh, he would see me, and he would seat me, and then he would ask, what do you guys want to drink? And I would. I would tell them and, and then he would go to walk away and he'd come back with the drinks and he, before he walked away, um, with our order, he would stop and he would go, Hey, um, I don't, I don't want to be weird or anything, but, um, are you, are you Gregory Iron? And I, and I would look at the girl like, Oh man, like this is, <laughs> this is flattering, but also mildly annoying. And I would go, yes, yes, I'm, I'm Gregory Iron. And he'd go, Oh my God, big fan. Like you're super famous wrestler love looking at your wikipedia all the time <laughs> i love and, uh, looking at your wikipedia <laughs> yeah 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 you just say like the stupidest crap right and you'd be like or, or like after i did stone gold's podcast like i heard you on stone gold's podcast recently like you know arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and you were on there i can't believe it and i'm like yeah it was a pretty cool experience and he's just like okay i just i, I just needed to fanboy out a little bit and then you'd walk away and then i would look at the girl like ah, you know i get recognized sometimes <laughs> that's kind of annoying and uh we would always do this bit at the end where um, he would walk back over to the table when it was time for the check and I'd go, um, you know, he'd go, is there anything else? And I'd go, nope, I just need the check. And then he would lean in and say it quietly, but <laughs> oh, loud enough so the oh, girl no. could hear, like, um, don't worry, you, you, your money's no good here. And I would say, oh, come on, please, please let me pay something. And I would pull out like something ridiculous, like a 50 or or $100 bill, knowing that the food wasn't that much. And, and he would go, no, just it's it's on the house don't even worry about it and i go okay i appreciate that man and uh made me look like a million bucks every time so there you go what was your batting average with that of working for you i would say it was about um i'd say it's about a good a good 500 right. it was somewhere in between you know so that's not too bad yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot you don't have to kiss and tell i just not you know no uh, no 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 all good i mean like like it, it was uh it was a pleasant experience. Now stop, uh, stop lollygagging here and answer the original question. Are we talking Chad's Bistro, Grill 'em All, or Melt? You gotta. You well, gotta it's pretty someone. simple. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna say that uh, I would definitely marry Grill 'em All, and I say that because uh, not only do I enjoy the food that Grill 'em All offers, but I know for a fact Grill 'em All does appreciate wrestling and metal which I also appreciate. Mm -hmm. I feel like I could have a, a lifetime of happiness with Grill Em All and their sandwiches and uh, the atmosphere. And uh, they, they are Cleveland boys that run the restaurant. So I have um, a little bit of an emotional connection with the owner, Ryan. And uh, 
I would definitely uh, have to say that I would. Um, oh no! I would f. I would f melt um, because I've I've uh, you know and I would I would have a one night stand with melt for sure and I would <laughs> I would go I would go all out. Um, I'd make sure I got the mac and cheese bites as well and just mm. f the. F the S out of them, you know, because they have those giant, giant, voluptuous mac and cheese bites. And um, oh, I hate to say this because they are sponsored for the show on, on occasion, but I'm going to have to kill Chad's Bistro only because we haven't had the longstanding relationship that I've had with Grilla Mall and with uh, with Melt. And so um, it's unfortunate. I do love Jim and Chad there, um, and I want them to continue to sponsor my podcast. However, in this particular scenario, I'm going to have to kill them. Were you the one that ran through their front door like Rikishi running over Steve Austin? <laughs> it was you, wasn't it? I'm going to no, get the tape. No, I, I, I swear. I swear. Whatever. Well, we'll let that one slide. Um, All right. And, I appreciate it. And that. I've been to Chad's, too. I, I actually texted you when I went there, and I got the Iron Man sandwich, and Chad, Great food. I did not get ketchup. You gave me <laughs> marinara instead of ketchup. And Whoa. we're like, what? what is going on here? I hope this isn't indicative <laughs> of what goes on in this establishment. But I'm oh my God. sure it was just a mistake. The, the guy behind the counter also had no idea what your sandwich was. <laughs> and I'm like, Iron Man? And the other guy was like, eh, it's on the website. And he's like, oh, okay. And they had to look it up. He was like on his phone looking at what was in it. <laughs> I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> Wow. No respect for Gregory Singular Iron at the uh, chat at the time. Terrible. It was probably the first day that it came out, so you know I was probably waiting Let's, in line. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, next quick bit, real quick. Um, we often <laughs> talk about this. It is Hall of Fame season. Well, not right now in the WWE. They canceled it, but. In retrospect, they probably should have done it via, you know, Skype or whatever they're doing now and awarding people there. I was about to say they're slammies. They're a Hall of Fame. Um, We have this debate a lot. You're a historian of the time. The Insane Clown Posse. Should they be Mm -hmm. in the WWE Hall of Fame? Some will say, obviously, the Celebrity Wing. Will, whatever. But, like, should they be in the Hall of Fame? And if they should, who's inducting them? Oh, God. Um... Yeah, I, why not? I mean, they, you know, um, for guys that were just rappers and musicians, not only did they run their own promotion pretty successfully, but, it, you know, they did stuff in every major federation, which is like pretty crazy during yeah. the hottest time in wrestling, right? So, like, um, it's not even like, you know, they, not even the majors. I mean, they did a Ring of Honor shot when Ring of Honor was not big. They did XPW, they did everything. Yeah. So it was Yeah, and and so I I think that in itself um I think they deserve some sort of inclusion and I mean like, you know, if 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 someone like Drew Carey who made one appearance at, at a Royal Rumble can get in the uh, Hall of Fame, no offense to Drew, a, a fellow Cleveland yes, yeah. who went to the same high school, not to brag, but uh so you know, if, if been, he can get in the- I, I'm writing down all the names you've dropped and I'm running out of paper. We got uh, Steve Austin, <laughs> Ricky Shane Page, uh yeah, we yeah, now yeah. got Drew Carey. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, I, I just, I mean, I know his picture's up in the hallways of my school. Maybe my picture should be up there, too. I'm just saying. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think ICP does get, need a inclusion, especially considering that uh, they've gotten Fago over and Whoop Whoop. <laughs> I mean, that in itself is just uh, incredible. Put them in. All right. The only people who are nay on this are me and uh, Joey Janela gave us a big no. But everyone else has said wow. yes. So 
But I wonder why Joey has heat with the ICP. I don't know. He also went on a rant about uh, he kind of called uh, uh, the WWE and the McMahon family. He compared them to the Nazis. <laughs> like, oh Jesus. God! Okay, wow. Should ICP be in the Hall of Fame? Like you're a wrestling fan, you? Yeah, I'm gonna say probably not. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, as much as I love the Juggalos, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, now Vince loves those right-wing guys. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, well. Dude, it's like a fucking, you got Trump in there, you got Kid Rock. It's like the fucking Nazi wink. <laughs> We like Joey Janela. He's the bad boy. Do you have any Joey Janela stories? He's a bad, bad boy. That's our, uh, another uh, thing. We're trying to get going. Like, the last person we talk to, does the next person have any good stories? And I think the last yeah. wrestler we talked to was Janela. Uh, I, I've, I've known Joey for a long time. And uh, I my, my two favorite stories are, obviously, we were both wrestlers. But it was like a us being fans related story. I think me and Joey like made a, a genuine connection on Facebook based on like he saw I posted a lot of wrestling memorabilia and so I think he got to talking to me years ago about I had posted something about that old WWF hockey set that came out in like Mm -hmm. 1991 and uh, he messaged me saying that he had it and he bought it off a guy for like super cheap like comparatively speaking like by super cheap I mean like a hundred bucks or something in box which is like unheard of for that thing because I think the last time I saw it online the cheapest I could find it was 500 bucks and I started to realize he was like yeah just it's very hard to find and I had it as a kid and uh we just got to talking about like our wrestling t-shirt collections and like just vintage crap that we collect and well, here we go you uh, really name dropping your vintage stuff let me write down a tuesday I'm night sorry. titans t-shirt greg Iyer. that's right <laughs> oh yeah bitch. you know i got that and uh but uh I, we had a match together uh, we worked together a few times but the one match that sticks out we had a uh a 10-man tag uh situation and it ended up turning into a brawl over the building and me and joey kind of paired up and there was one point in the match where me as the heel I I grabbed Joey by the by the front of his pants and like pulled him into the wall almost like you would do for like a spot like in the buckle you know mm-hmm. and uh, as I did it his his dick came out a little bit <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of dick talk so, tonight come on yeah a lot, a lot of dick talk so uh, yeah his dick came out a little bit and he told me after that he's like bro my, my dick came out a little bit in the match I'm like sorry man like I'm, I I cut you off like you know that was a heel move I don't I don't know what to tell you so he's like that's oh, fine but like. Yeah, that was pulled his dick out in a match once, so well, that happens. Fair. It happens. That's a fair yeah, story. Yeah. We've all been there as wrestlers, you know? You're, you're in the moment, the, the, the dong gets pulled out, you know, you're all of a sudden everyone's examining your hog, you know? <laughs> what? It's a thing that happens, you know? It is? I, I, I have not seen out. any shows that are, yeah, I've had whatever. We've got to wrap this up if this is the direction we're going in. Um, <laughs> uh, and I have so many other things, but, like, we see you often enough where I think it's good to leave a little wanting more. So uh, I sure. can I can just see in our future we're going to talk more about a- uh, Aaron Bauer, we're going to talk about um, probably more ICP and stories about you at the gathering. That's that's a whole 
talking itself. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Halloween costumes. We got to get you before Halloween because this year uh, I got you nailed. Last year I wasn't really thinking, but now I'm in your headspace and I got some good ones for you. So okay. we'll, we'll come back right. to that. Um, going back to Bobby Shields, do you know where Bob grew up? He well, well. Um, so he grew up in Clarion, Pennsylvania. You know what famous okay. wrestler went to Clarion University? I don't know. Kurt Angle, Olympic hero. Really? So if you look, you've probably seen it a million times. The tattoo that he has on his, the back of his shoulder is the yeah. Clarion, and if it's the Golden Eagle or the Golden whatever bird they are, okay. that is that is there. And Bob lived in Clarion. We actually went into the gym, going up and down the halls looking for Kurt Angle's picture, and I believe we found it. Wow. Uh, I, I've always wondered what that little weird tattoo was on his back, and you solved the mystery. Yes, I want to say it's a Golden Eagle, but it's some sort of flighty bird, so we'll, we'll look wow. into that later. Wow. Um, Interesting. So um, that's pretty much all I have until we save some for later. Um, just real quick, I wanted to start off with this, but we can tie it up at the end. Um, just want to see like how you're doing with the quarantine. You know, how's your physical health, your mental health? Like, how is it missing your shows? Like, I just want to see how you're doing. You know what I mean? Like to tie into that before the quarantine, like right as it was happening, I was on vacation. And we saw, me and my wife were driving, and we saw, like, this horrific car accident, which was kind of fucked up. And uh, yeah. it just made me think, like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if it's because, like, you're the wheel man <laughs> of your group. But uh, it made yeah. me think, like, no one saw this. Like, we saw it, and another couple saw it. If we didn't see that accident, no one would have seen this guy. And it's like... How many hours are you talking about, like, the guys driving, you know, 25 hours from Texas to California to New York? And you put in so many miles. I just was thinking, like, God, you just got to be careful. You know, I know you always say, like, hey, we'll see you later, da-da-da. And life is like that. It's not just wrestlers. But, like, it made me think, wow, Greg's putting in all those times in the driving. I just want to make sure everyone's okay. Like, you just check in with you every once in a while to see how you're doing. So... But I always think part of your podcast kind of dives, I don't want to say darker, but a little deeper into your personality. <laughs> That's not a bad yeah. thing, but like, no. I, don't, I just want to, if you're okay, I just want to see like, how you doing? You know what I mean? Like, has the quarantine yeah. taken you okay? Is everything else doing okay? Like, what's what's going on in, in Greg's head these days and this time? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I always have like a million things going on in my head, which is why like it all goes back to like, as, as normal as I seem, like, I think I'm like just low key and insane person. And, uh, I don't know. I try low to key? stay out of my own, oh, no, a low key. Yeah. Low key. Low, low, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you are. Oh God. I have, <laughs> I have a low key story for another time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm under the radar as a, as an insane person. And, uh, I don't know. Um, I just overanalyze and overthink things a lot. And, um, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I've talked to you about it and I know I've talked to other people about it. You know, last, last year was my year of, um, deciding to go all in on pro wrestling and speaking. And so with, uh, lack of schools being open and no live events running, that's, uh, that means pretty much a lack of income. Mm -hmm. And so what I was fortunate enough to have like uh, a little money. So you, to said, where I could, like, so you took Braun Strowman's uh, career advice and just 
just shut the fuck up and deal with it. And you should, you should yeah, have been uh, preparing yeah. for this before. Oh. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a what a what a piece of shit move. And then then it for for him to claim on Twitter that uh oh I'm not getting paid. Like okay, man. Yeah, like uh, like get the get the fuck out. So we can but like we can discuss if you want to not for me not to put that in there. But it is no, shit. Like, like, whatever. It, it, it's I, don't, awesome. I don't care. Like what what's what Broadstrom going to fight me? Like I don't care. Um, but uh, it's just one of those things where it's like I don't know. I wasn't obviously. I don't think anyone was prepared for this. But no. I wasn't ready for. Um, everything that I've been working for to just kind of be halted. And so like uh, the idea that depending on what you read, live events and concerts might not start being a thing until, Could you know, I, I, again, I saw fall of 21, which is insane. That's, that's what I saw. And so like the idea that like, maybe I might have to do other things besides wrestling or, or go back to a real job again. Like um, it's, it's sort of like, depressing but like it's one of those things where it's like i have to realize that i'm not the only one going through this and like when i step outside myself and take time to realize that and that everyone's struggling and um particularly like in my particular genre wrestling like a lot of people are going to have to reevaluate what they're doing and so um I think the most important thing is, and this goes for anybody in any circle of life, even if we weren't going through this particular situation within the world, I've always been fortunate that outside of my family, I've always had like a super supportive support system. And uh, I know I have people I can go to and talk to and uh, will be there for me if I need it. And, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm dating a really great girl and I'm I'm super happy about that, and it's weird to be dating someone that values you as much as they as, as you mm-hmm. value them. And uh, it's still early in the relationship, but you know, I, I'm pretty confident, and um, it's it's survival. And uh, I'm just trying to stay positive. And again, it's one of those things where you know, like I touched on earlier, it's um, you know, you have to deal with circumstances um, as they come, and sometimes it's just a matter of you know, the circumstances we don't want are going to come our way. And, uh, as I said, circumstances aren't always meant to change. Sometimes you are. And I think with, with the atmosphere in the world that we're living in, a lot of the things that we keep hearing are essential businesses, you know, essential. Yeah. And so I think in this time, it's one of these things that like, maybe we as humans need to reevaluate what we find to be essential and like, sort of like, change the way that we are and that's that's just that's what i'm trying to to take away from the situation like that shit can't get any worse (laughs) like maybe maybe um maybe it's time to see what i can make better about myself instead of feeling sorry for myself and i think a lot of people should take that to heart and just kind of think like you know we're lucky to be in the situation that we are that like we even exist as human beings Mm -hmm. right so like um I don't know. I, I think uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel and we need to stop and, and see that. And it's very uplifting to see as much of a negative situation as this is. I feel like a lot of people are banding together and people that are in better situations are helping the less fortunate. And like, that's a really cool thing. And uh, I think things are going to get better before they get worse. And so you just got to stay positive and optimistic and focus on things that are, are positive. You know, if you surround yourself with negativity, you're going to be negative. So be as positive as you can be and take this time to delve into to creative things that fulfill you and make you happy and, and get rid of the negatives as much as you can and have as much positive as possible. And I think everything's going to be all right. I like it. That's, I like the positive talk. That's what we're, that's what we're all about. 
you're right. There's a lot of people who are banding together and doing as good as possible, but it's amazing that the pendulum swings the other direction for some uh, what you would call lunatics out there. But you know, there are some whack jobs. <laughs> but it's all going to work out, as you said. You just kind of got to. I don't want to say work on yourself, but as long as you're healthy, like what else can you ask for, right? Like anytime someone yeah. says, how's it going? I'm like healthy and I'm fortunate enough to work from home. So for now, yeah. for today, everything's okay. But, you know, I just want to yeah. check in with you, make sure that you're doing okay. So every once in a while, I always, I don't know, kind of check in with you. And during the quarantine, I just, I don't want to see you, uh, you know, you're in a better place now, but I, sometimes I, maybe that's just your podcast persona but i'm like yeah i'll check in with greg to make sure he's doing okay so um yeah i try to be as as real as possible that's that's been the great thing about the podcast is i get to unleash a side of me that like is is a realer more well-rounded perspective of me because sometimes i feel like you get to see elements of like who i am depending on the character i'm portraying whether i'm a good guy or a bad guy but i feel like with the podcast What's been liberating about it is I get to show a, uh, a, a deeper sense of who I am as a human and uh, sometimes my darker sense of humor <laughs> that uh, I, I don't necessarily get to show or make sense for me to show as a character when I make, you know, crackhead mom jokes or uh, go into a rambling about how my uh, long-term ex-girlfriend cheated on me for a guy who, who made her chili and cornbread. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, but I think that's the I think that's the beauty of the podcast. You get to see another side of Gregory Iron and... Uh, uh, I love being o- an open book with people. You know, there, I don't, I don't have too much to hide and um, I don't know. Everybody's got to stay positive. Things will get better. I agree. And that's, that's why we like you, Greg. You're a, uh, you're open book and that's why everyone should listen to your podcast. Um, Thank speaking you. Thank of podcasts, we should wrap this one up because Rusev may be coming out on a tank or the Dallas oh, and Anderson God. may be attacking uh, Tony Schiavone right now. Mm-hmm. And we got to get to watching dynamite. So know that you're a, you're a big fan so we gotta get on big that. fan big fan so uh, all right uh i will have all of your information in the notes that's iron on wrestling the iron on wrestling podcast and uh we will see you around gregory next time you're around i'm sure there'll be a show here and there and we'll run into each other yeah man i'm looking forward to it all righty thank you sir and we will wrap thank this you. up right now see you We don't do good wrap ups, so yeah, all good. All right, no, that's cool. <laughs> like I, I totally appreciate you going way over that you know you originally wanted to. So oh yeah, it's whatever, man. Like uh, yeah, I hope I didn't ramble too much. Sometimes no. I talk in circles, brain damage. You know, 